1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC.
2: Joe, what are you doing? You're texting. We're supposed to be. Uh,
1: no, I was, sending, I was sending an email. I'm, just, send? I'm worried about you because this is the second week in a row that we've gotten on, and I know you're in a shitty Who mood. Who are you sending
2: an email to, first of all? My wife. Is she not in your house? Uh, No, she actually
1: went to the store. She has risked uh, everything to go to the store to get Mm. more things for our two-year-old twins. They are now officially two years old. Their birthday was...
2: happy birthday. Yeah,
1: that was Sunday, and the day before was my 51st birthday on Saturday. Wow. Did you get any presents, by the way? I did. Uh, I got a couple of golf items from my wife. What Um, did you get? She got me a putter fitting next time I'm in Los Angeles, which at this rate will be in... uh, (laughs)
2: 2022. Yeah. I was going to just try to match you.
1: Oh. uh, Um, Well, that's nice. uh, But I got letters from my daughters, uh, 23 and 20, that literally melted me. I, I read... And and they have to do with me as much as they have to do with their new little brothers that are just, uh, we're about to turn two. And they're really letters to them. And I read them mm-hmm. out loud to my two-year-old boys. And it was like the scene at the end of a marriage story when the kid is reading the letter uh, <laughs> on the bed. Right. I was heaving, crying, trying to read my son's letters Aww. from their sisters. And I, I, I awesome. couldn't get through it. And they were both, it was two separate times because they got out of the bathtub at different times. They both looked at me as I'm trying to choke these words out, like basically sobbing with the most quiz, quizzical looks on their faces. And then both came up and just hugged my, hugged my leg as I continued to read with tears just falling under their heads. Wow. That's that? very
2: dramatic. I know. I might Jesus. have added. I might have added the tears falling. It's, under like, head. it's like it's like terms of endearment. I know. What it the was hell really is cool. going on? Are well, you
1: dying? Talk- no, we've talked about oh. this before. When you go okay. through a divorce and you have kids, and in this case, I had daughters that I wanted to protect from everything, and you go through that, and then you have more kids. To see these four people come together has been the greatest blessing of my life did your daughters
2: write they each write their own letter yeah whose was better
1: um (laughs) they were different (laughs) natalie my older one it was more toward me with mentions of their brother brothers and then trudy the younger one wrote letters directly to the boys which Uh. i i I have already basically minted and put in their I don't even know where to put them because if if yeah. I ever lost these,
2: I would. Yeah, just I, melt. I um, I was cleaning out my garage. This was about a year ago, actually, and um, I have so much memorabilia and pictures and notes and all this stuff. And I found a letter from my mother when when I was 16 years old, and it was such an amazing letter, and it just speaks to who she is. She, you know, obviously it was a trying divorce. And, you know, they were at 16 especially and going through whatever it was whatever it was I was going through. She wrote a letter to me talking about all of the amazing things about my father, about my dad. Um, because she says you need to know what an incredible human being he is and how funny he is and how charming he is. Um, because this is a part of you. He's a part of you. So it was like this six-page letter, all about how amazing my father is, and uh, oh. pretty special thing to read, especially now. I've re- I haven't read it since I was sixteen. I was like, "Holy shit! What a woman!" That that's beautiful. Would you
1: ever? Do you ever envision a time when
2: you would read that to your dad? Um, that's a good. That's a good. A good idea, that's a good idea. Yeah, I would, I would. I mean, that would be an interesting, that would be an interesting read. That would be a good conversation. I mean, I, I'm excited to see my dad. I mean, I had, I had, uh, I had, you know, before the coronavirus and you know before all this stuff went down, I, I had lunch with him and we drank a six pack of beer and had an amazing time and we were crying and you know tearing up and stuff and it was cool. He was like, I he he saw he saw him we saw each we saw each other in each other we saw ourselves in each other i don't know how to exactly put it but yeah. he was looking at me and looking at himself and i was looking at my dad and and, and there was so much about him that was a part of me you know this it was just really trippy um, and then of course after you get a little liquor in you you know you get a little more emotional but i haven't seen him <laughs> right. since we text we text you know but um you know, I look forward to, to, to catching up and now it'd be a good thing to read. How you know, long
1: had it been when you saw him and
2: had lunch since Until, you'd seen him the previous oh, time? Uh, probably it was probably, well, I, I had breakfast with him probably three months prior to that. That's when we hashed, we got everything out. And then the lunch was really just a catch up and a sort of a, let's not talk about this anymore. Let's move, let's go forward, you know? Mm. And it, it was, that was a while ago though. It was a while ago you know. Does so, he have other, I, does he
1: have other kids?
2: Yeah, yeah, so I've have, I have two um well, I have I have four half siblings. Two from one marriage, one from a girlfriend, you know, that this is after his second marriage, he had a girlfriend and had a kid. And then there's another guy who is my half brother who contacted me through a note under my door. And um the note said, I have something to tell you about your father. And I was like, what the fuck is this? With a number on it, called the number. Turns out this guy, Paul, is my half-brother who was given up for adoption by my father and the girl, the, the teenager girl, teenage girl, at the age of 16. And um, he tracked me down. And it turns out I have a half-brother. <laughs> 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 so wow. I have four half siblings through him, through my dad. Yeah, right. Yeah,
1: and then he have yeah. other halves and steps. Uh,
2: who knows? I mean, Jesus Christ! At this point, I, I, I don't know. I could I could be connected to everyone in the world. I don't know. <laughs> <clears throat> who knows?
1: Have you I, have you done like the the genetic thing, the Twenty Three and Me, or the Yeah, I did the ans- us, I did the, I
2: did the ancestry thing. You know. And I, I'll always and I, I go I'm public, so I'll always I get these emails from random people like Hey, like this is your like eleventh cousin. I'm like Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you believe it? Are you Yeah, because same- it shows it shows up on their on their family tree or whatever. Oh. You know, but I I I don't know. It's interesting, but I don't really have much. I don't have much curiosity about you know some thirteenth cousin out there. I I, I you know. Um, but yeah, I'm on that. I'm on that. I'm on that deal. But but my my half brother, Paul did connect because he did his as well, and it did connect. It was like, oh, this is you are related to this person, very wow. much so. Yeah.
1: God. I know. Well, I've done the. I've I've done the twenty three and Me. I believe it's called where yeah. you send the saliva in, and it gives you your. I guess. Through your saliva, mm-hmm. where your history is around mm-hmm. the globe. Where are you? What's your deal? I, I was well
2: over ninety percent Irish. You look Irish, though. You you look Irish. I can see that entirely. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was a, ta- a lot of Italian, you know, and uh-huh. then uh, in- English, and then a bunch of Ashkenaz. Oh, Ashkenaz Jew.
1: You know who else is Italian is our guest today, Joel McHale. He was
2: born in That's Rome. That's right. That's right. But he's not Italian, I don't think.
1: Well, he's got he's <laughs> got a if you're born in Italy, I'm sure he's got dual well citizenship.
2: citizenship. Yeah, but he's um, he's he's Scottish. What did he say? He was Scottish, right? Uh-huh. He's Italian. Yeah, but Joel. Uh, yeah, Joel is. Uh, Joel was born in in Rome and then moved out of there fairly quickly.
1: Yeah, but I think he's also Irish. He's, the, he's Yeah, the he's best. Irish. That's right. So Joel McHale is, is us. Is is us. He's yeah. This this should be the best podcast we ever do because we're talking to our fellow countrymen. You've got twenty percent Italian in you. Mm-hmm. He was born in Rome. The rest, his name's McHale. Yeah, he's got, he's got you know all that Irish going on, and I'm well over 90 percent irish so we we can't blow this this is this is no he
2: he he, he does he kind of he, he could be a cross between us you know what i mean like even looks <laughs> you think yeah
1: well you're short what are you like four what are you four eight
2: me four yeah. ten i'm four ten and yeah. then he. <laughs> <laughs> Mikhail's a uh, Mikhail's a big dude. I I, know. I did a I did a game show with him. i did actually a couple game shows with him. And uh he's like his his bo- he's like a rock. I mean, y- you give him like a little pound and a hug and it's like it's like hugging Stonehenge. Yeah. <laughs> he played
1: college <laughs> football. I mean it was a tight end at it- like a division one program. I know yeah. it was a walk on, but he was at Washington. I mean, that's legit.
2: Yeah. And he just pumps iron. I, I bet you he just pumps iron all day long. I just that's feel like it. So that's he where eats he kinda, well and pumps iron. Yeah. That's where he takes a serious left turn. for I know. both Of us. I know. I don't know, man. Like there's such a part of me that wants to get all shredded up. And I just don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I have the discipline, you know, I know I, I don't. I think I don't. I think there's a part of me that might be able to fucking do it. But I just, it's, I don't know. The no, eating part is it, hard for me.
1: I would bet against you.
2: Well, should we make a bet? I mean, how shredded do I have to get?
1: I i think you and I should do that. I think you and a I should sh- try some. We should, way, we should do a weigh-in. And then at the end of whatever time period we say, mm-hmm. but you do it anyway. But we should put, like, some sort of picture that, that yeah. shows how much muscle we have put on or lack thereof. <laughs> I like that. Um, and I shaved my head live oh, on Instagram. that's
2: right. I think it looks great, by the way. Do you like it? I hate it. And I am almost all white
1: hair. I don't like it. I oh, feel- you hate I you feel hate old. It. I feel bald. I I I need the, to shred. I need to get shredded. <laughs> Do you I regret need to, it? Like, that old yeah. I regret it, but time will take care of it. I <laughs> I feel like that old guy that's in every newspaper. Uh, that's like just he's like seventy eight, right? Ripped. It looks yeah. like he's got the body of a twenty six year old. <laughs> uh, yes. But, uh, up top, he looks like Terry Bradshaw. Yeah, <laughs>
2: you know exa- You know who I'm talking about. He's yeah, like, I know the guy. It's the one he's, guy. He's super tan. That guy is yes. fucking shredded. Wearing jeans. Yes. And then he's like Bradshaw's. Oh, head dude! But but you put can on tell his body. You know, you can tell his age. It's like, it's like the rings in a tree. It's his nipples. Like if you, <laughs> if you look at his nipples, you can tell his age. Because they're literally drooping down to his knees. Like, Why
1: doesn't he get a nipple lift or something?
2: I don't know, but I swear, next time you see that guy, look at his nipples, and that's how you can tell. They're so far down that they almost disappear underneath his breast.
1: And his breasts are, are impressive because it's just it's like yeah. a peck deck. It's, yeah, he's, he's, sure. He's, 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 he's big.
2: Yeah, but his nipples are sort of sliding off of his peck.
1: So he's got the face the hair yeah and the nipples of a 76 year old man exactly (laughs) everything
2: else everything else looks great but does he can't you cannot there's no muscle in a nipple there's no exercise that you can do to bring your nipple you know up on back up onto your pectoral that thing is well down by his knees at this point you know wow I, yeah I, but i know what you mean that's a that's a good look for you like if you shaved your head grew a little bit of a beard and just got shredded and then and, and just tan got really tan
1: tan yeah tan's a big part of it too yeah yeah, yeah tan yeah. can hide a lot of,
2: of i like your i like your hair I, I, I why do you hate it so much
1: i just don't like it i don't know it, it speaks to every insecurity i have does michelle like it she hasn't complained, but she's not the kind of person that's going to go. Oh, that looks terrible. She's like, mm-hmm. Oh no, I like it. It looks good, but it's not. There's no conviction behind anything she's saying. I don't believe it. Mm-hmm. I, I think she's like, Oh God.
2: What about the? What about your girls, the daughters?
1: They, they don't care.
2: They don't care. No one no. cares but you, really. That's right, true. Yeah, we're I mean- all
1: looking at each other inside this quarantine, <laughs> and I, I'm the only one that cares about my stupid hair.
0: Yeah, but it was fun. I'm so sick of
1: my hair. I'm so sick of my hair. I'm so sick of even thinking about it. I'm sick of thinking about fat, and I'm I'm sick of thinking about my hair.
2: I know, but what are you going to do about your hair? You could do something about your fat. You could work out. I'm fucking fat ass right now, by the way. But with your hair, what are you going to do about it? There's nothing to do. I mean, let it go, I guess. I think you should have shaved it more.
1: I've been through eight hair transplant surgeries, the last of which almost took my career I'm not bailing on it. I I've I too much invested.
2: You do. I have you too do. much you,
1: emotional
2: you uh, are, uh, capital invested you're as they in my say, head. You're as they say in the poker world, you're pot committed.
1: <laughs> I am. <laughs> I cannot <laughs> fold
2: No, this you hand. cannot fold. Even if you've got dog shit, you have to go all in. You I got no write chance. <laughs> I gotta write it. <laughs> What's the next step though? Like realistically, would, what is the next step for you? More plugs? Yeah, I mean,' it's, it's either that
1: or just give up. I, I think, but it's been since 2011, so i I'd have to get back into that pain bucket. Mm-hmm. It sucks. Plugs suck. It hurts. It's, they take a living slice of the back of your head. And by the way, that's when my when Michelle was shaving the back of my head, she's like, "Oh, what's this scar?" Oh, like, that's where do you think they get the hair from? She's like, <laughs> I never knew you had this scar. It's big. I was like, I've had eight of them. They've connected oh scar one through scar eight. And now it's like the whole back of my head and, and what they call the bishop's crown, which is the, like the, the. Oh, there's San a Diego, name for it. Yeah. Well, the part, you know, most most people keep the bishop's crown like the San Diego Padre guy. Yeah. It's just it's yeah. around over the ears and around like the rim. Yeah. So that, that hair is always kicking, and they pull those active bulbs out and then literally make slits in the top of your head ugh, and plant ugh. them in there. And I'm telling you, uh,
2: I don't the like first
1: that. six of them or five of them, I did them awake with a guy talking to me while they're injecting and cutting my head. Ugh, fuck that. God. You've, you have not heard a sound like the sound you hear when they put a needle into your mm. scalp, and then mm. you can hear inside your head the uh, <laughs> <laughs> the medicine yeah. or the the numbing agent, the yeah. liquid going uh. out of the needle into your scalp. You can
2: hear it. Do you hear them like cutting your scalp? too? Yes. Okay, that's that's uh, sh- it's, it's inside your head. I know. Yes. No, Why do you, you go it? under? You did. Well, that, that's that. what
1: I did the last oh, three and times, then you, and then right, the last right, time, right. Blah, blah blah blah. I almost lost my career. So. Hey, that's. I think you should dye it
2: like jet black. It's it's better than the white. Might as well see what happens. Or go white. Just go fucking white. White beard. Come back to sports. Just like you know.
1: We talked about this last time. I'm walking like back into the world as as Bob Barker. I'm. I don't know. I'm. Yeah. I'm t- no, I'm over that. That's my point. I, I don't want to. I, I commend Bob Barker. I, I, I here's what there. I think. Here's what I think 51. you should do. <laughs>
2: Here's what I think you should do, okay, and then we'll get off of this, but I think you should over i think you should overcompensate. I think you should make your body like the guy from the commercials, and then your hair will look better just because you're so jacked, you know yeah it will it will go well with with your hair just be just you're just jacked to the nines with
1: sagging falling nipples
2: yeah but you're not that old yet your nipples are probably still in decent shape you know
1: i think i have nice nipples i I also
2: have a third nipple which you can't see
1: but where is it it's like underneath under yeah it's underneath it
2: did your boys nurse on it
1: yes (laughs) (laughs) and if things if things get bad enough during these trying times
2: I could feed three three at once. That's right. Triplets. You're good for triplets.
1: <laughs> I think that means I'm part sow or part hog. <laughs> you
2: are. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Um, all right. All right. Where's Joel McHale? Joel paging Joel McHale.
1: And with that, Joel McHale joins us here on... This sounds
0: fun. And then welcome to my Star Trek set back here. I still uh, broke into the old uh, Paramount Mm. Studios Mm. this week. That is (laughs) very retro behind
1: you. That is very Uh, uh, 70s, like, uh, I don't know, Angelica Houston got changed behind that thing at some point in her life.
0: (laughs) She is there right now. Oh, Uh, hey,
1: Angelica, big fan. We'd love to get your (laughs) contact info. We'd love to get you on here. She's she's asleep. Oh, sorry. (laughs)
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> it was, we partied, like, uh, you wouldn't believe. It was. Well, what's up, J.M.? J- oh, nice to see you, sir. Nice to see you, Mr. Buck. I've never actually, I don't think I've ever met you in person.
1: No, but you've uh, yelled at the TV when you think I'm rooting against your Seahawks. Uh, I feel
0: you do a pretty good job of being Switzerland. Um, I'm Thank pretty... You. Oliver, I'm not as excited. I know I've met you before, but uh, mm-hmm. I can't explain to you. Joe, you might be the voice I will hear if I go to heaven. Or hell. <laughs> no, uh, I don't think you want <laughs> uh, to. I know hell. that you know this, that uh, you occupy space in people's brains that you d- that is just it, like, I you know, like growing up, like there's certain songs. But when I hear your voice, I salivate like uh, like a dog. Uh, because i get so excited for thank sporting you. events thank you. and i have yes. i would like i have so many questions for you oliver i'll get to some of them i have for you like hey, why hey, wear I, why I, wear a knit hat indoors that sort of thing but uh
1: <laughs> especially when you have hair like i like if i if i was wearing it okay i get it i got bad hair i got thinning hair i've had hair transplants oliver on you the have? other side
0: they've done a yeah. terrible job <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you i got my i got
2: i got a partial refund a longshoreman look I'm going for like a longshoreman vibe if know. I had hair i
1: would never i don't care what the temperature I would never cover my hair
0: agree this is never three transplants so uh it's the worst are you transplant nothing- uh, do you are you transplanting too joel yes there's so much pubic hair up there that it is Sad. It's it's wow. barbaric.
1: Yours is so good. Mine is so. You're right. I I I'm gonna go punch my doctor right in the face. Yeah, he's if if we weren't in a pandemic,
0: right? No, but but you have beautiful <laughs> hair, Mr. Hudson, and it it drives so people thanks. like me and Joe.
1: Oh God. Oh. He he asked me earlier, Joel. He said, you know, let me ask you this: Do you, when you first meet somebody, immediately go to their hairline? I'm like. Oh, every 100 percent of the time if All i time. meet somebody it's the first thing i look at and it's the way i judge them they're gonna have to f- like oliver had to fight his way out of me hating him because he had a uh-huh. full head of hair
0: yeah he's gone full french artist waking up in the morning <laughs> i'm so jealous <laughs> i look at kids when kids walk up to me with full heads of hair i'm like me too these kids these days with how absurd is that i'm the
2: same way it's constantly going through our heads it's the first it thing is. we think about when we wake up it sucks but but it's everyone's insecurity i mean you're always going to look at your own insecurity and see you know you can find it in other people you know what are you
0: insecure about
1: oh my Honestly, god don't, don't open that can of worms. We, we'll, we'll never hear from you <laughs>
0: he's like my mustache isn't full there, enough yeah. sometimes i'm like should i keep it it'll grow back in a day and a half so
1: there's so many things we need to talk to you about because you are the guest here you realize that you're the i know but
2: but here how I about really this but then we so can many... do football
0: questions. <laughs> okay, but we yeah.
2: can't but let's do that so i w- I would love for you to ask joe some questions too maybe towards the end of this thing that would this is, be really fun. Uh,
0: towards the end okay
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, are people surprised at how big you
2: are when they meet well, you in person? He's got so many muscles. First of all, he's exactly. so muscly.
0: Thank you.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, are... that scoop neck tee is not—he's not
0: wearing that by accident. No, you know? but you want again—you're going for the longshoreman look, and they all wore hoodies back in the fifties. <laughs> <but>, uh, uh, <laughs> no, they
1: are. Uh, people are. Uh, are you? How tall are you? Six four. So that's got to be freakish to people because people think I'm like five two, and I'm just under six one. And people, because I stand next to Aikman, they right. think I'm I'm really short and tiny. Well, and I work with I'm Ryan, not.
0: I worked on the same network as Ryan Seacrest for like a decade, so everyone just assumed we were the same uh, Russian doll size. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> obviously, he's a petite man, and I am much larger. So yes, it's either. But then I would have people like Joe Manganiello on the Soup, or we—he came on the Netflix show, and he's an enormous human being. He's—I think he's actually just shorter than me, but he's as wide as a semi. So I I, people always go, "Aren't everyone? Isn't everyone in Hollywood short? They're either the smallest person you ever met, or they're monsters." And so uh, yeah, I, I go, "It's back." But yes, for the on average, I'm much larger than everybody.
1: So the Jordan the Jordan thing debuted last night on ESPN. the, yeah. the documentary, The Last Dance, and and when I met him, it, because everything's so relative in the NBA, you think okay, he's a he's a he's a big guy. Yeah, but you don't you don't realize how massive and how tall and how it, because he blends in with all these other there you know, and then he's he's next to somebody who's six ten. Yeah, everything's relative, but. I was blown away by how athletic it's amazing to think of how athletic this man or LeBron James and these super
0: sized human beings are on a small court. Yeah, and people don't realize that someone like LeBron or Charles Barkley they just everything is a size bigger. It's not that they're taller, mm-hmm. it's that their fingers are wider and mm-hmm. everything yeah. it's like they just turned on just turned up the dial and they went everything's bigger. And Yeah. Never yes. obviously everything oh you should see their dicks they're just huge no uh they actually have a lot of people don't know they have three three dicks they have three at once it's have amazing three I dicks. Had, well, i had one and a half <laughs> during football and uh, uh i
1: thought peds cut that down <laughs> it is
0: it, it doesn't cut it down it just
1: yeah it just it's the yeah i don't know it's how all. S-
0: yeah <laughs> did you where'd
1: we go what happened but you're OCD, right? Are you Are you diagnosed? I'm diagnosed OCD?
0: absolutely ADHD and very dyslexic. And if I, if I'm not OCD, uh, then I probably I haven't been officially diagnosed. But I don't have uh, I don't have like things. But I am uh, I I think like both of you. you I'm an obsessive workaholic, and uh, so the second right. that this yeah. quarantine thing happened, I'm like, I just start a podcast, and then uh, I, I've never been busier it's a it's again these are so yeah, wait with, too w-
2: w- with your with your dyslexia though would that that was discovered at a young age or was it not oh, i mean no it was not
0: this guy no no
2: it, so you you were left to struggle for for a long ass oh time, yeah no but...
0: they didn't just diagnose it when i it was never i was told literally i was i was tested and they go we he's a very they said stuff like well he's a slow starter and which is not a medical term. And they told that to my face <laughs> and I just thought, yeah, it seems, seems about right. And, uh, uh, and we then had my older son tested and the woman began describing all these, the things that everything that I go through. And I was like, Oh, you're describing me. And she just goes, I was wondering which one of you, whether it's your wife or you, cause it's passed down. And she, and I was like, yeah, you're describing exactly how I read and struggled. So,
2: Wait, so you discovered your dyslexia through the, your son's diagnosis. Yes.
0: Uh I was wow. Yeah, that was that was fun. And uh, I was such a maniac as far as I'm such an extreme extrovert that I did uh you know, I I did all sorts of things to compensate. Mostly cheating. I cheated my way mm-hmm. through every talking about getting prepared. Uh I I made sure that I just uh, I got through every class by by cheating, and so I got into college and then cheated there. So you have yeah, tremendous well, peripheral hey, vision. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot of that. There was a lot of uh, cheat sheets. There was a lot of writing on the on my arms yeah. and. Uh, and different places and then making deals with people. It was, I'm not proud of it. Oh yeah, Joel, 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 you and
2: I are kindred spirits because I'm not dyslexic, but I cheated my way through high school. I actually got caught in 11th grade and got expelled from high school for cheating, got back in, because I wrote some like, beautiful essays to the lessons learned. And then I got into college, cheated in college, talked my way out of that. Like, I-, I was wow. just like you. I-, I did not. How did you get caught? I put the right answers on the wrong test. She switched. She made two tests without telling anybody. And I didn't even bother to look at the questions. I just was looking at the answers and put the answers from test B onto test A. So it was no talking my way out of that one. Who is your teacher? What kind of brilliant, yeah. detective? I, I don't know. You?
0: Well, see. Anyway. I always made sure when I cheated, I got about a B minus or a C,
2: mm. because Smart. and then
0: I would then because no because t- what idiot would cheat to get a C? Mm-hmm. And uh, this idiot. And so no one suspected that I was cheating because my grades were like... Mm, and look girl. at you.
1: Now you've got Angelica Houston behind a screen in your, in your room. <laughs> She's awake now.
0: <laughs> She's having her breakfast.
2: But let me ask you a question about that, honestly. Uh, do you think, because I think it did for me, it develops a different side of you, meaning you learn how to get shit done even if it's not in the right way you know you, you your mind is working in a different way you're learning how to get through and to get by you know isn't that that there's a, there's life lessons in that
0: you know i would agree yes i would agree i mean it also showed me that the system is set up for people that aren't like us that are mm-hmm. not i the american educational system is not set up for people who learn differently Mm -hmm. that i've learned later on but i i always took it as because i'm a maniac i'm always like i am going to win i'm going to show them that that's the sort of like attitude i had which is like i'm gonna beat this thing and i will show them uh Mm -hmm. which is not necessarily the greatest way to go through life uh because eventually that will come back to haunt you but no i think you're right in that it taught me and yourself other skills uh, Mm -hmm. to get to get by. And so I think I use that definitely because you get told, as you know, you get told a thousand different times, no. Mm -hmm. And uh, on especially in acting and entertaining people, that's the go-to safest answer is to tell somebody no. So I was, you know, I was like, I never took no for an answer, but I really, you know, I, I, I didn't, and I wouldn't, and I'm still not. And that's why did I'm you saying see no your, to this did podcast. Did,
2: did you see did you see your kid struggling through this? I mean, how how does how does it how does it work with him? Oh now? yeah.
0: No, he's he is uh homeschooled actually, uh, because we believe in six gods that will be coming back. <laughs> and once we we learn our doctrine, uh I'll begin sending you the newsletter. It's written in blood. No, so, uh he, he's he, he just, he's it just works, and he will even tell you. He's like this. I'm. This works a lot better, and uh, for him. So that. So. Uh, so yes, we saw him struggling. My other son has uh, similar issues. So I've been a. Uh, I passed down some nice traits. You're welcome. Mm. You're welcome. <laughs> See,
1: I, I think on another level, though, I, we were joking about my low belly fat, but I grew up as a fat kid, and I think being made fun of on the playground, which you don't ever really get over. I'm finding out. That's why therapy exists. But Mm -hmm. you don't really get over the the teasing from when you were little, which is why all that stuff is so traumatic. But at the same time, it helped me develop what I how I got back at anybody was by being quick and by being funny and by it, it developed parts of my mind that I think I still use today, whether it's everything you asked me about broadcasting a game. I think I see it. I can say it. And, and so it was kind of the, uh, a blessing in some weird way. And I would imagine for you, if you were struggling in school or you were doing whatever uh, scholastically, you probably develop your wit as, as, as a defense against a lot of the failings. And now here you are as, as clearly a, a brilliantly funny guy that's quick and, and I, th- I think that comes out of that
0: uh no you should have seen me during spelling bees because that was the worst <laughs> couldn't be worse for me and yes I learned to uh yeah I would agree yes I use that a, a lot and uh because uh, kids would see my grades I mean I literally got a combined 850 on the SAT uh and they would just look at me with Dude, <laughs> with such i got eight i got 860. That's that's not and a you're joke. literally sitting it's... in a shoe closet and see that's what yeah. like you have a chandelier in your closet. You win now. Yeah. Uh, but when did you <laughs> Joe, when did you lose the weight or how big were you? I mean, did did you I mean, I, I wasn't like circus freak, but I
1: was I was I was a, I look back at pictures like. Mom, could you've helped me out at all? Could you wh- I grew up in a ballpark. I grew up at Busch Stadium going to games with my dad and inside the media lunchroom were all the burgers you could eat, chocolate milk, all bullshit that I was putting inside my body and it showed. And and I think, you know, I was a thicker kid in high school, not necessarily really heavy, but I went to a fat camp by the way, which I could I, I could talk for hours about. My parents sent myself and my sister to a fat camp during the summer in the Berkshires in Massachusetts. And it was like being in prison. I mean, they did not wow. you didn't eat for a month. And, and my dad showed up. It was in Massachusetts. My dad originally from Massachusetts. He shows up to do a Patriots game. He drives over to visit my sister and me in fat camp. First of all, I was homesick beyond belief. Secondly, I wasn't eating. <laughs> He he shows up, we get into his car, he takes us straight into town, and we go right to Hagendas. <laughs> I had chocolate, chocolate chip ice cream for the first time, and he came back, and I guess he said to my mom, Carol, those kids are going to sue us. Like, w- what the hell have we put them in? But that that shit is traumatic, and I think back on that, like, God, I I was... That's why I look at myself in the worst possible light every time I look into a mirror. That's... Were you made fun of, though, as a, as a kid? I mean, at school,
2: were you teased
1: for oh, being yeah, fat? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when in my middle school years, absolutely. And that's why I was saying I had to develop this kind of thick skin not gonna, you know so to speak and uh and really fight back (laughs) with words because i was i was not going to throw punches that that really wasn't my style and i would have gotten my ass kicked so i i had to fight back and kind of shame the other person did you when you
0: did you go to your high school reunions uh
1: yeah and everybody who was fat is thin and most not everybody but most people who were thin who didn't care back then it was like oh, i can eat right. anything i'm thin now they're all you know yeah. they're right. big and do
0: you, did, hmm. but did you when you walked into that 10 or maybe the 20 year did you have that feeling of like well guys look who won. it's yeah it, it,
1: absolutely not i walked into that 10 15 20 year reunion right back into my same old mindset with the same old people that i used to look at wow. I, I went right back i reverted i like wow damn near started sucking my
0: thumb and sitting in the corner so even when the like the the dickheads who were mean to you and a-holes when they walked up to you at the reunion we're like yeah. you a picture uh,
1: <laughs> Will you do my
0: voicemail you did not at all feel like yeah did you did not at all feel like oh this is some I've vindication really, right
1: no not really I, I think those scars are so deep and I, I I still think of myself in some ways as like the high school or college or young broadcaster kid that was trying to find it. I, I'm about to turn 51 years old. I do not. I feel mentally and almost emotionally when I look at people I cover, like they're still older than me. We've talked about yeah. this already on this podcast. It's I look at Aaron Rodgers and I think, oh yeah, he's my contemporary. Or look at head coaches and I think they're 20 years older than me. I'm older than they are. It, it's just I'm kind of stuck that way. Wow. So, that's, that's weird. So,
0: yeah. I have the same thing yeah, of, of life. I feel that way. Yeah. Where I go, wait, the, when I look at Sean McVay, I'm like, wait a minute. How are the coaches? He's like 33. He's 33 yeah. years yeah, old. Like I'm 48. So I'm just like, what? How, uh, there was the, you know, how you, uh, you there's that moment. Uh, my dad is 82, and he goes, I still feel like I'm. I feel like it was 60 yesterday. And he was like, and I feel like I was 42 days before that. And uh, and I was like, oh, I guess this just never stops.
1: And how ironic, Joel, that your dad was an educator, right? I mean, wasn't he working in, he was dean of students? He right? was, in- but he
0: got out of that pretty quick and became a businessman. And he he would tell you, it took him... 30 25 years to figure out what he wanted to do he, well, I, he should have been an artist probably but he said uh, he pretty much hated business but he was but he did it for us uh, but then he kind of, then he started his own business and found uh, happiness through that way but yes he was but the only the reason why he was the dean of students was because he saw this is pretty amazing but he saw the movie Roman Holiday in high school. And that would have been late 50s, early 60s. And he pointed to the screen in the movie theater and said, that's where I'm going. And then he figured out because he's also dyslexic, but won't admit it. Uh, I was going
1: to ask you. Oh, that. yeah, he
0: totally is. And but he uh, went to Loyola uh, in Chicago and then there's Loyola Rome Center. He figured out how to get there and how to be employed by there. And he lived in Rome for ten years, and that's where I met my mom. And
2: you were born in Rome, I
0: right? I was Born in Rome. So how sh- long did you? How long did you live in Rome? I'm in Rome now. Dickhead! No, uh, <laughs> can you tell? Look at <laughs> the background. Rome. That's oh no, that's uh, we true. were we were very. I think I was like four when I left. Three when I left. Uh, that was because my dad wasn't. He was like I wasn't making any money. I was making like six thousand dollars a year being the dean of students, and and then we were getting to this age where it was either go to Italian public schools or come to back to America for them. And they made a hard trip. My aunt and uncle are still there uh, in Rome. My uncle, my, my grandfather worked for the UN stimulating fish populations around the world. That was his entire job. Uh, which it sound uh, anyway I'll talk about that later but he uh, he they lived in Vancouver British Columbia and they got the offer to move to Rome in the 60s which Rome in the 60s will go down in history as one of the best places to be during the 60s God. Uh, yeah so, uh, anyways uh, that's how they all that's why everyone's like you're not Italian and I was like no no can't you see it's so Italian <laughs> anyway that's a uh, they then they, they still they they that's their. I think that's their first love uh, is definitely Italy.
2: You always had a great relationship with your dad. I mean, growing up.
0: Yeah, Tight. I mean, there was an attempted murder when I would. No, uh, <laughs> yeah, no. My look for as. I think everyone is uh, hard on their parents, and I think anybody who says my parents were the greatest people, I I'm their best friend or whatever. I'm like that person's mm-hmm. lying. Like, so my right. parents are tremendous people and they loved us and they gave us a great upbringing and uh so of course there's stuff that happens and and everyone's a person but um but i'm always like i like they they sacrificed a lot for us and so god bless mm-hmm. them i love them mm-hmm. Uh, were your parents good to you?
2: Well, my, I came from a divorced situation, right. right? So Kurt's my stepdad. He came into my life when I was six and, and, and raised me, you know, um, which was amazing. But at the same time. It was scary you know my mom before that had boyfriends and she was sort of doing her thing and and then kurt comes into my life and he was an amazing man but still not my dad and then my dad was good it was good till i was about 10 or 12 years old and then he just left the picture entirely so it was uh it was a it was a lot i mean it was a confusing time for me you know for sure for sure um,
0: did you have to go to counseling and all that? Oh,
2: fuck. Yeah, dude. I've been, I've been in therapy since I was 20 years old, but not, I like it now. I mean, I'm, I'm interested in the human condition. I like to figure out why I do certain things. You know, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's great. It's saved, It's changed my life. It's saved my life for sure you know because you see all that shit that it comes out the unconscious stuff comes becomes conscious when you're in relationships my career like my career okay this is perfect a perfect example of how dad sort of leaving has affected my self-esteem in my career i just don't feel like i'm good enough i mean all that bullshit you know what i mean I just oh, yeah. can't seem to really truly believe in myself. You know why? I I, I don't know. I, I, it gets better and better, but it's fucking crazy. It's it's just it's crazy the things that sort of come up. You know, and it can all stem and root back from my childhood. It all it always does. Is your dad in your life now? We text. We were texting yesterday and. You know, um, it all stemmed from a fucking stupid Instagram post I did a few years ago on Father's Day. I, it was a picture of myself and Kate and my dad and uh, our arms around each other, or in, in each other in better times. And I wrote, Happy Abandonment Day. And uh, and I was trying to be funny, you know, and it blew up and became a whole thing, and she got angry across and, the bow.
0: Yeah, is... yeah, yeah. But I will say though, That'd it was <laughs> that went that went in a direction, <laughs> and then across the Instagram said, "Fuck you, all dads." So I think <laughs> there might be some but, issues. At the end of the day, what it did do is it actually
2: brought us together because he got pissed. He did an interview and hated on me. I finally connected with them, and I was like, look, let's just have a conversation. And it ended up uh, in two different, three different meetings and drinking six pack of beer and, you know, actually laughing and crying together a little bit. And now we have somewhat of a relationship because of my stupid joke, you know, so. All right.
0: Joe, did your you parents know. love
1: you? <laughs> 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 Oddly enough, uh, my dad was one of Oliver's mom's boyfriends uh, back in the day. <laughs> oh, my God. While, while he was married to my mom, which is uh, why yeah. we started this podcast. Now, my 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 dad, I, I wrote a book a few years ago called It Lucky Bastard because my dad was married with six kids, met my mom, who was trying her hand at broadway and was singing and dancing and came through st louis back through her hometown and met my dad and then let's just say uh nine months later i arrived on the scene and my dad kind of shifted gears entirely and ended up uh marrying my mom and then my mom and dad had another child and we've been not yeah i i was lucky i i really did consider my dad because I think he he looked back at, at mistakes that he had made, and I had come around long enough after some of those mistakes that he took me – I was in every National League city by the time I was 12, and I was around the Cardinals and shagging fly balls in the outfield, trying as a fat kid to fit into a Bat Boy's uniform. Wow, and read uh, that fat kid thing really – I
0: just brought that back in. Uh, <laughs> it really that, – <laughs> that, that really
1: getting to him. I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so he and he and I just was always with him, and I looked up to him, and I, I did consider him like literally, he was the best man at, at my first wedding.
0: How many weddings have you had?
2: Seven.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am the Larry King of sports. Oh, but you're
0: a polygamist, right? So you just I am. You, they're, they're
1: all, all there. they're all here. It's just some I talk to more than others. All right,
2: that
0: yeah. Well, mm-hmm. there's a pecking order. Mm-hmm.
1: There is a. pecking well, you have, order.
0: you have brothers and sisters, right? Don't... I got two brothers. Older, older, and younger you're in the middle yes and then everyone goes oh that explains it <laughs> like no, uh, i don't know if i be- i don't all, know if i believe no all that it's all middle b- child yes. stuff no but I again know. like they I my know. parents they provided this wonderful place for us to grow up and they were really supportive and like they supported me in my acting they always said have a backup plan and i was like uh what uh so I was always like, <laughs> "Okay, I'll be a surgeon." How does that for a backup? Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, they. But they once they realized there was no good at anything else, then they were like, "All right, yeah, you should do that." No, but my brother is an electrician in Seattle, and uh, he's furloughed. And then my the little brother is a, an Episcopal priest in Alameda, California, and wow. uh, so he is not furloughed. He's definitely mm-hmm. giving services mm-hmm. over Zoom or broadcasting and. Is yeah, he? And-
1: but not not defiantly still having a congregation and showing up at well, church. Well, as you and know, and Jesus
0: that. only cares about certain people and uh and mm-hmm. he's not gonna uh-huh. get people sick if you're at church. It's just not everyone knows yeah, you're yeah, safe. It's-, it's a place you can hide.
1: Yeah. Um there's there's two things i definitely want to talk about before we we finish this and that is your son going through open heart surgery at 2 oh, months old and how fun. how you how you can i mean you do you you get through what you have to get through there's no other way around that but how how you come out of that on the other side it all went well but how you're able to as he's growing and playing and doing stuff you're able to kind of eliminate that worry or is that worry always there? Like something is going to go wrong or do you, do you, you know, kind of stew on that at all?
0: No, no, I don't really, because he had about as simple. So yeah, it was horrific at the time when you get the news cause your kid is not, you see like failure to thrive on the sheet when you have a newborn and you're like, what is happening? You've just, mm had this miracle come into your life and uh yeah you don't you're like oh all of a sudden i'm one of these people now who has this thing going on and so you yeah i couldn't believe it i couldn't believe this little guy with bones and skin and muscle was in distress and in you know like oh what's 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 the future now it's dark it seems and uh we did go. this.
2: Did what did you learn about this after? Meaning, like, he uh, he was born, everything was great for a minute, and then it was like, oh, whoa, wait a minute, or was this yeah, uh, it
0: pro? was it began to present itself a couple days after we could have they could have found it in utero, but the guy did not catch it, which we actually are now thankful for because then that would have been that much more stress sitting there going, like, well, when this baby comes out, we immediate what are we going to do? And uh, so instead, it was kind of it was a the band aid was ripped off. uh, And that that ultimately was better. But uh, we if you needed our hope and heart surgery, this was the surgery you wanted. He had two holes, which was when you start getting into veins and into uh, the chambers of the heart, when you start work messing with that, that's when it's multiple surgeries and their life, their life is deeply affected. This is just a patch which is undetectable Mm. now. Uh, it's a patch of his own skin. Now this, the surgery took 16 hours in 19, but now it took an hour and a half. It took 15 minutes basically. So, and we knew the surgery, we were sitting there at the LA children's hospital going, I wonder if the surgery is done. And I was like, I think it is because the doctor is sitting there eating a sandwich. And so (laughs) we really learned a ton on the recovery floor. People would walk like we got to know some people like kids with heart transplants. And they would say to us, oh, we wish we had what your kid had. Uh, But instead, I mean, these are people that if their kid sneezes, they're going to the emergency room because any sort of sickness or cold is deeply affected. Deeply couldn't kill them. It's horrible. And I don't even know what it would be like now with the uh, the virus. But uh, we, this is a terrible story. But as we were, our doctor did like multiple surgeries that day. And one of the kids uh, of this kid, he was a little bit older than uh, Eddie. And we met the kid and uh, uh, he was like four or five months old and his valve was messed up and he uh, died that same day Mm. that we our our kid had a successful surgery and I'll never forget the doctor. He came and talked to us and then he went and talked to them. But he, I saw the Mm. door closing on, uh, on them being told the news and basically it was, it was unsuccessful. And once they took him off the heart machine, he was going to pass away which is exactly what happened. And you go, uh, I, there is not re- the the despair uh, I, I couldn't imagine. And uh, but then you go, mm-hmm. well, how come we got so lucky? And then people go at us like lucky. What are you talking about? Your kid had open heart surgery. So uh, it, it was mm-hmm. a uh, terrible uh, it was a it was like going into a tunnel that we came out of and we knew that people were not coming out of that tunnel. And so, you mm-hmm. know,
1: if you want to experience every emotion and you want to also see the good that people have walking this planet. Spend a day in a children's hospital, because not only are you seeing despair from parents, uh, you know, just completely frightened children in certain circumstances. You see these workers, these caregivers, these doctors. That it is. It was a life changing experience when I our, our first daughter. Uh, they thought she might have cystic fibrosis, and going in there and having her checked. Um. And then waiting for results while she was just barely able to walk at the time. And I just was taking in all these little storylines that were obviously happening around me. And I thought, you know, whenever I make it somewhere in this city, this was St. Louis Children's Hospital, I'm going to do everything I can to raise money for this place because you just see the the faces and the people that are there and the, the heartbreak they go through as caregivers every day. It is, if you want a sobering day and... I think in the end, an uplifting day uh, for the most part, spend time there. So good for you that your story has that answer, has that, had that. Ending. I,
2: uh, yeah, I was, uh, I, I volunteered, I volunteered at the Children's Hospital of LA for a couple of years and I, I uh, read to kids up, um, I forget what floor it was, but I had to scrub in and, you know, when they're on their last stages sort of their immune systems are just stripped, you know, in the last sort of final moments to try to save their lives it was uh, it was incredible, you know what I mean. Um, but but uh, it, it's I can't even imagine going through something like that. I almost died at birth. I had meconium aspiration. Actually, a thirty percent chance of living. I made it though. Yeah. I think. And,
0: well, you made it, think, and then your hairs like I that, asshole. So, <laughs> God,
2: that's so annoying. Does that change you, though, Joel? Like, when you go through something like that, I mean, it's hard to quantify it, but are, is it like, oh, shit. I mean, something has shifted in, in me entirely. I can't even imagine going through something
0: uh, like that. Boy, um, yeah, I, I don't... I, now I'm like, oh, huh, I'm pretty much the same selfish asshole I've always been, and... Yeah, uh, right, right. You do, but now, like, I don't even... You can't even really even see the scar on his chest, and, um, and so... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I, th- I think everything changes us, and and and, uh, but obviously, if I didn't have, like, I, I'm very lucky. My wife continues to agree to be with me, and uh and she, I, I, I would be talk about just drinking milkshakes and doing drinking beer all day, which now I do. But no, but uh, but I, I you know, without her, I don't know what I would be <laughs> like. Uh, so yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. yes, I think we're we're all changed by our different things and and thank god now eddie you know he's he's 15 now and uh yeah
1: is this the same kid that threw up at the uh white house correspondence dinner? that's
0: the 12 year old that was uh so then he was six uh yeah he was-, was
1: that out of nerves i hope it was nerves because if he threw up and he was like deathly ill there was a picture shortly thereafter of him shaking the hand of the president i mean now that we i know, know that we kn- so what we a know about shook
0: the hand the kid that threw up we just thought he was being shy and he was just deathly ill and uh <laughs> oh talk about the covid situation because in that room i don't know if you guys have been for those of you who've not uh, did you did you did you perform there and see it then or what that was right at right before you met there was like a receiving line for the president. We were a hundred people. And in this room, it was like a weird fever dream because your son is vomiting. And then you have Andrew Luck and Eric stone street trying to help you out because (laughs) there's De Niro. And then Zoe dash is wondering if I wanted a glass of Chardonnay. And then you're picking up vomit and it wasn't from nerves. And I know this because, The dinner happened. I performed. The next day, my wife and I got deathly ill, and we began getting ill right before we got on the plane to come back to Los Angeles, and for her, it was coming out of here, and for me, it was coming out of here, and she, when the bathroom was occupied, she would vomit into a plastic bag, a garbage bag, and I... Would just hold it as long as I could, and may, I must have who uh, many uh, twenty times, uh, and uh, and then wow. so no everyone was like, "Oh yeah, I can see how you would get sick right after such a big letdown, after such a big moment." I was like, "No, no, 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 we were ill, it was just no. genuine, yeah. genuine illness. We all got it."
1: If <laughs> there's one thing uh, for you two guys that's bad about being. Recognize like I am around St. Louis in this small town. I can never do like a, I'm driving the car and I feel something coming on and I can't pull into like IHOP to go take a quick shit. Right. Because mm-hmm. everybody sees you walk in, and then if you're in there for ten minutes, they know exact. It's just embarrassing. Like you, and and Doesn't and you wear not, a baseball hat everywhere you go though. No, no,
2: no, no
0: one, How baseball you, hat?
2: I'm not going to no pay for my own coffee. Come on. No one knows who I am We're in the town of L.A. I can go shit anywhere I want. That's the beauty of being uh, he Kate Hudson's at my brother. Did yeah. he? showed up.
0: I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and, uh, you, but you, Joe, you're different. You are very, I mean, your voice and uh, you're on TV multiple times a week. And so it it's that re just keeps reestablishing with people but that's
1: why i walk in i walk into ihop i'm like hey uh you guys have a bathroom here i just i don't do my voice i just want to make sure
0: embrace that and you got to go like i'm joe buck (laughs) hey everybody i'm gonna defile a room in this establishment i'll be right back after these words from my butthole. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Just lean into it. You just got to go like, welcome. How's it going? It's me. Congrats. Don't shake my hand. You here all we... know what
1: I'm about to do. I'm going to go do it. You keep eating your breakfast and I'll be out in about 10.
0: What is the door code for those of us who uh... <laughs> haven't bought anything have here? Can I see your a receipt, please? Killer Yankee Diner. Yeah. <laughs> All uh, right. Uh, welcome to the hey, house. congrats
1: on getting on. And, no way. Uh, and then
0: Joe, you should open the door during and go. If you're just joining <laughs> us, I'm Joe Buck, and I am <laughs> wipe. and uh, I'll be out in just a few moments. Uh, Troy take over, uh, and then yeah. Troy walks in. And yeah. speaking of a large man, <laughs> Troy Aikman is a large man. A large uh, man.
1: Yeah. And, and as we said, everything's relative. Yeah. He, yeah. He uh, he makes me look tiny on camera uh
0: he's ugly too that's the thing he's not not athletic and he's ugly
2: another guy with a full
0: head of hair (sighs) just
2: joel would you ever do like a dennis miller monday night football gig if they ever offered it to you or is that too dangerous
0: oh i don't i mean i think there was two for that particular thing i I think there was so it sounded like there was 12 people in the booth and i think two people is like the best number for when i listen to like football commentary or baseball commentary It once you start crowding it i mean i guest well, obviously once in a while i think and now i might be speaking at a turn joe because you're the expert and uh
1: no i agree I, everything you just said i agree with it it's it three people's it's it's really hard because it's not a conversation right conversations happen a lot better that way and then a technical thing but if you've got two analysts one analyst is talking the other one's talking to the producer not listening to the guy who's on the air speaking right. at that moment and so they never really they never really interact it's kind of they're on their own tracks and it just doesn't it just doesn't work i don't think i mean personally. it's different for
0: this cuz you've got three people who are focused as opposed to there's a game out there and then You gotta be telling people what's happening, and then you get a bunch of voices in there and you But you'd be
1: good at it because you play I mean, you at least know the mechanics of the game and played. I I get it. You were you were a walk-on and you you barely but you did it for the enjoyment of of the
0: sport, I assume. I loved it. And I had two monsters in front of me who were so much better at football that it, it was Mark Bruner and Ernie Conwell who are Freaks! Oh,
1: how them. great of a guy! Ernie Conwell is one of the great. He played here in St. Louis. He was one of the greatest guys yes, I, I've he met in professional sports. Mr.
0: Hudson, the the how nice he is compared to his insane skill as an athlete. Thank God he was nice because if he used that for evil, this guy at twenty one <laughs> was benching five hundred pounds. He was running a four five two. 40-yard dash, cleaning and jerking 365 and squatting 1,000 pounds. And the guy, he was such an intim- – ne- only – the other guy on the team was Napoleon Kaufman. I never – I was like, this is, who are, are – these human beings? And he wasn't even the starter. Mark mm-hmm. Bruner was like six, eight, seven, six, eight, a monster, and he, he was the starter. So I was like, I mean, thank God they use a two tight end set. But it, I was just like, I need to get out of here before I get killed uh, and, uh, yeah, cause these defensive <laughs> players are run into me. I'm like, this is not good for me. I need to go. I'm not good enough to stay mm-hmm. here. I'm going to go run around. Are your kids into sports? Are one they, they is, they and sports? one has zero interest. So, uh, yeah, and that's, really? that's, 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 yeah, that's, uh, growing up. That's all I wanted was to play team sports constantly. That was the only thing that and telling jokes and then everything else I sucked at. But, uh, but all I wanted to do was play team sports. And my little brother always wanted to like ski and rock climb and do that thing. And to this day, he still does all that. And my older brother is a good athlete. Mm -hmm. Uh, So like my older brother, he, but he wasn't really interested. Although we climbed uh, Mount Rainier uh, three years or two summers ago. And he came with, and he, and he, he's one of those guys that he's like, all right, I'm going to get in shape. And he did. And he had no problem. And, and I was already in good shape, wow. and I, it, it upset me and it pissed me off. So.
2: Does your kid? Does your Does your kid who who doesn't play sports? Is he a good athlete? He just yeah, he he just doesn't, doesn't want to do it.
0: No, he's he actually, if he wanted to, he could be. He's going to be my size. He's already he's fifteen and already yeah. like outweighs my wife by thirty pounds, and so he's a big boy, and he's just not interested. He's uh yeah, they both like Fortnite a lot. Uh, I'll tell you that. I know.
2: I know. How do you manage that? You just just let them go.
0: No, uh, it's their social (laughs) outlet now. I don't know how your kids are, but now it's how they're talking to all their friends. And uh, yeah, so I'm not too worried that it's going to, when I hear like, well, there's, they're going to melt their brains. And just like, I just, yeah, no, I don't believe that shit. Do you curse?
2: And do you curse in front of your? They curse in
0: front of me. I, my parents hated cursing. So, and I don't, I just don't care that much. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I don't I don't either at yeah. all.
0: Uh so Joe, do you let your kids swear?
1: <laughs> uh yeah, well I'm I'm ahead of you guys in one respect. I've got twenty three and twenty year old daughters. One's trying to act and is acting in New York and when in normal times, one's at USC film school. And then I've got twin boys that are two uh this weekend. So <sighs> I have got it coming and going, and the two year old I'm about to turn fifty one. I am drowning in these like YouTube videos of baby Joy Joy and Blippy. And I, I mean, back first time around, it was Barney and all that other stuff. And I could do, hey, everybody, I could do that voice. And now it's Blippy and these other things. But screen time, the whole idea of limiting that during this quarantine is out the yeah. window. I mean, it. And living in a a climate where it just now is starting to turn kind of nice outside where you can get out and kind of walk around and play outside and swings, all that stuff's great. But for the the beginning of this, I mean, we were just locked in the house and there really wasn't much to do other than watch that crap.
0: My (laughs) uncle did the same thing, like had three kids and then got married again and had another two. And his new wife had other kids, and I was just like, "Man, I, I mean, I I don't know how." I, it's I a just, lot. I, it's a lot.
2: Yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy.
1: It's great though. It's a totally different experience. A, you know, with who I'm doing it with, with regard to my wife, and B, it's boys, and I'm having a blast with them. It's just, it's just full on though now because there's really not. I'm not going anywhere to work. Yeah. I'm not. I'm. I'm just here. So. um
0: but and now, but, you, but we're also, two year, yeah, you got those two year olds. You get to spend, I mean, I know it seems relentless, but how cool is it that you get it's to great. be around them all? What I mean, with all the bad shit happening, it's those are the little, wonderful, cool spots where you're like, oh, you get to spend time with your kids.
1: Yeah. No, we all have to qualify everything because people are actually fighting for life and death. But I, I, yeah, I, I do think that this is a special time for us because they're just forming in so many ways, just growing and starting to learn, and and we're in their face all day. So it's that that has been a nice silver lining. I've gone nowhere and think they're looking at me like will you please leave us alone okay?
2: oh mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. i think that i think that goes for everybody though i mean i think this, there's a it's
1: the leaving alone part
2: no i mean just oh. <laughs> the idea that we can be <laughs> with our kids on an hourly basis instead of just you know we are we are in each other's lives like we're we're having sit-down dinners and we that's not the kind of family we are, are yeah. we all a cooking, of a sudden it's like the Walters. and
0: like yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, starting
2: to call my son's John boy. And uh,
0: I don't know. I did not. I know that. D- believe me, I, everyone I think thought they were going to be sitting around. Someone with two year olds did not, but would we, I've never, I don't think I've ever been busier because of your mm-hmm. dealing with the kids and you're trying to get stuff done. And, and believe me, there are, I went to the grocery store and listened to these two employees, at the grocery store. One of them said, Oh, I'm working the seven to seven tomorrow. And I'm taking my lunch, and I was like, "Oh right, yep." Don't complain about anything mm-hmm. because they're not even taking lunches on twelve-hour mm-hmm. shifts, and uh, and they're mm-hmm. are, they are getting paid more. Thank God, the grocery companies.
1: But you're doing good things, good Joel, good and, and, and maybe that's the way that. But no, but that's the way to to wrap this up, and that is that you are trying to make a difference um, along those lines at this time mm-hmm. when when you know we're so fortunate and people are really fighting for food or they're fighting to make oh, a yeah. rent check or they're what whatever yeah. it is just if you can just just oh, tell well, us what as you're doing. we
0: all know independent businesses independently owned businesses are going to be in real trouble when they lift this no one's paying rent right now but they're all on the hook for it and all these independently owned businesses are going to be in real trouble and the margins on restaurants are very thin, and a lot of them are doing takeout. So I was going around doing, uh, "Hey, come to this restaurant because they're open and they have great French fries." And uh, and then um, this is a strange, but Melissa McCarthy and her husband Ben uh, Falcone they noticed I was doing that. Then they said, "Hey, Octavia Spencer just fed a hospital staff. Why don't we put together a thing?" And Octavia's friends came in, and we started. Like, let's put a thing where independently owned restaurants uh, get paid for like a hundred meals, and then we feed hospitals, and then we learned this thing called Frontline Foods was already doing that, so we just merged with them, and they already had the infrastructure in. So, frontlinefoods.org, you guys, uh, if you want, it will. It, they're doing it right now. They're feeding staffs of hospitals, and uh, and all these restaurants get a nice little thing of cash, and uh, and so it's it everyone. And the restaurant, you know, the, the hospital workers are working their butts off. So then they get a nice, hot meal and they don't have to go mm-hmm. go find it and pay for it. They just get it. It's great. So uh, that's, that's guys, great. good for you. If you get some that's money, awesome. then that would be very nice. Of you. <laughs> uh,
1: well, I, th- I think the three of us should do this again, not really record it, but we should all just keep in touch and do like video voice calls and just hang out. And, uh, you know, yeah. s-
0: I'll introduce you to my dogs. I got some rabbits. I got all sorts of mm-hmm. animals. Um, tell me about, the, tell me
2: about the rabbits.
0: <laughs>
2: we'll we're, we're just think and kill those rabbits. <laughs> I <then>. did
0: think <laughs> when this thing first hit, I did for a second just go, well, push comes to shove. And you yeah. get real hungry. <laughs> We'll start with the reactions <laughs> Where are right. where are you? By are you in L.A.? Yes, I'm in Studio City, California. Wow, uh, fancy! And you're in the let me guess the Palisades Brentwood. or Brentwood? Did you say Brentwood? Brentwood? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just why do you say that? Because. Everybody who comes from uh, Hollywood royalty (laughs) cannot live anywhere. If you live on that, you have to live on the west side of the 405. You cannot. Yeah, I
2: know. But I lived in Hollywood for most of my.
0: Yeah, it's like a single guy. Then you
2: had kids and you're like we're moving to Brentwood. I had my second second kid then we moved to Brentwood.
0: <laughs> yeah because then you're like i want to take them, i want yeah. them to go to the schools in brentwood
2: yeah, yeah. and then just space we have our kids yeah.
0: on invisible fencing and uh so they mm-hmm.
2: know uh, it's so lucky. good
1: for them it teaches them responsibility it, you, mm-hmm. you know, they know eventually they call us they call right. up with the the prongs by the way there. how do your
2: kids do with uh like the your celebrity you know do they care are they do they hate it do they like it do they use it to
0: their advantage? Well, as you know, it's relative to. Uh, I mean, there <laughs> there was a time in 2013 when uh, yes, people mm-hmm. recognized me. But uh, when you're not on television as consistently, uh, like again, I can't imagine what it would be like to be Joe. You'd just be always like my my wife. Like if the thing Joe can't even go to a dinner and talk out loud without people just going like. The voice mm-hmm. from every, all sports mm-hmm. is sitting mm-hmm. by that sort of thing. Uh, so my, and as you know, it's re- LA, it's
1: really a downer on like 900 number calls. Do they still have those?
0: No, that's, no, no, that would have been great. No, was, a really good joke in 2002. But, shit! Uh, that, was, <laughs> oof, that was,
2: that was, that yeah. was more of a it's just, late nineties no, you know, like, joke. Is just,
0: we can, you can edit this and, and it's just good to know. Oh, that'll get in. Yeah. Don't yeah. worry.
1: That'll get in.
0: But that don't get <laughs> yeah, I like I've gone to lunch with like Conan and people walk in and they walk into like people when they, they see him. They just keep they like, can't believe they're seeing him.
1: I could imagine you two tall people you and Cone it looks like the like the sausage race at the at a Brewers game. Oh the, the no, it, size that it the Looks like an albino
0: volleyball team has come to town. <laughs> and beach <laughs> albino beach volleyball. They're like what? <laughs> How, who are these monsters? These these flightless <laughs> storks have walked in. Uh, yeah, it's so I don't have, I mean, you probably, I, I don't get, you know, I think, uh, yeah. When I do get recognized, it used to be a lot more, but uh, but my kids would make fun of me. They'd be like, mm-hmm. "Yo, know, here you go. So, uh, you big fan. you're yeah. big big fan. fan like
2: you you're famous, dad.
0: Mm-hmm. You're oh, famous, dad. <laughs> uh, they don't seem to care. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like, the, then I think. Uh, like it, it. I don't know what it would be like. Like, or I don't even think about it. like in an airport when I'm like wiping my kids' ass when they were newborns, uh and the, the 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 stall wasn't or the 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 room wasn't open. Or a lot of them didn't even have the separate rooms for childcare. I'd just be like, uh, and people walk up and be like, "Hey, can I get a picture?" And I was like, "Sorry, my hands are covered in my child's feces at the moment." <laughs> <laughs> give, you, give me a sec. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> Uh, so
0: that guy's a dick. Can, yep, I asked him for an in. autograph. That guy's a dick. I like the Modern Family better. So, uh especially, I mean, Joe's voice is—I don't know—he's—it's so distinct that I mean, obviously, if you heard, heard Troy Aikman in a restaurant, you would think, did you know Boss Hog come into the restaurant because he's got such a <laughs> distinct <laughs> accent? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Oh God! I'm not going to comment on that at all. I, I, uh, Greg, yeah, so let that sit me.
0: there. That man could take he will, me. And go. He will come after you. Like that. I've taken up a lot of your you. time. But uh, yeah, that
1: means it's time to go. You you realize that when you agree to come on somebody's podcast, it's like you're their prisoner for at least an hour, and so
0: we're going to let you out of our prison. Oh, it's it's way better now because I don't. I went on Entertainment Tonight and. It was similar. Like it went on for 15 minutes. I was like, "Are you guys going to use any of this?" And they're like, "We're going to use it all because this is how this is the new normal, Joel." And I was like, "This is right, yeah." I was like, "You this okay?" Uh-
1: Including all the setup and you sitting sitting down and getting the camera right. That's all probably
0: on yep. entertainment. Oh tonight. yeah, this is yeah. It's a new oh. it's a new dawn. And then I'm going to do my podcast later uh with ken and that we don't ever stop talking so uh it, it's yeah it's
1: i mean is he really a doctor i've heard that forever is he, he really a doctor
0: duke uh he went to unc and then then duke for medical school so
1: like if he showed up if you were counting backward from 100 and you're about to go out and you're gonna get your gallbladder removed and you saw ken jung walk in would you not do everything well, you can rip every not out of... a surgeon
0: or a anesthesiologist so if it was him yes I'd be a little <laughs> nervous uh, he was a general okay. practice
1: don't start taking this
0: personally don't start getting like mad he no but he does go into doctor mode Yeah, and I can hear it when he that was the reason why he did it, is because he knows a lot about the virus and so we have a long chat about where we are on that day and he's very good at distilling information he's not funny and he's He's uh, very old now. No, I'm. But uh, he's very good at that. And so then, and we knew that there would be community questions, and so it just kind of evolved from that. And we do we've done stand up together.
1: I met him at a thing for Fox because he does that mass singer thing. He could not have been a nicer. Well, he's guy. he's also. I mean, he's just like he's
0: like you, yours, not yours, Oliver. But anyway, in conclusion, you've got um, great
1: hair, Oliver. Um, I'm just gonna say bye. Thank yeah, you. I love you guys. <laughs> this
0: it's it's got it's gotta. Got Joel, it.
1: seriously, I've I've been a fan and I can't thank you enough.
0: Thanks for having me. I'm sorry this went on like this. Thanks, I- Joel. You. I hope to see you. soon. Oh wait, okay. I I
1: don't know if you heard me any time tell you I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of yours. So thanks for coming on.
0: I want all your emails. Send me your emails. Okay, great, good. Okay,
1: all right. All right. Yeah. Bye. Bye